Who would win in a game between you and John and Horse? Um, Can you go on the record, or do you just want to leave that alone? It would be close. Would it? He's, so I, he's, he's a good shooter, then. Yeah, John and I used Very to nice. play together, and I okay. think he said on air one time that I took away all of his shots, so he's not <laughs> inviting me. Um, so oh, it would be, it would be close. Great. I would say that's if great. we did seven games of horse, it would it would definitely go down to a game. Back and forth. Wake up, Indy. Naptown's a thing of the past. Join us as we talk success, personal growth, leadership, and more. No matter your location or your job title, we want to see you grow. Podcasting from Indianapolis, Indiana, this is As Indy Grows with your hosts, Taylor and Remington. Welcome back to As Indy Grows. I am Taylor with my co-host, Remy. What's up? Welcome back. This might be their first time. That's true, but you also didn't say boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite, Taylor. 18,500. Do you know what that is? I have a feeling this is a stat. It's a stat. That's how many seats are in Banker's Life during a basketball game. They can fit more in during a center stage, which is a 20,000-ish number. I just thought you would think that's cool because we're sitting in Banker's Life right now. That's true. We are in the GVC Mortgage Suite, the sponsor of our show. This is episode A, so thank you for anyone who is new joining us. We're really excited today. We have Tony Donahue on our show. You will know him from 1070 The Fan, the ride with JMV, on from 3 to 7. So the show talks mainly about sports and pop cultures mixed mm -hmm. in with that. Um, so it was funny because we actually know Tony from basketball, from mm -hmm. one of the nights we play. And for those of you who do not know Tony in a basketball playing capacity, as soon as he crosses half court, he will let it fly. He has in gym range. So nice. that's something that I well, try Well, I let fly. it fly too, but it doesn't go in. Sometimes it does. Though. Yeah, yeah. But Tony lets him fly. in gym range. Why aren't you down there playing with the Pacers? That's true. I don't know. Uh, my growth spurt ended when I was about 18, so I got stuck at about 6'2". Oh, that'll, so that'll happen. That's what it was. That's nice to be stuck at 6'2". I got stuck at 5'10 when I was yeah. in 7th grade. There you go. <laughs> and I'm still there. See, when I was in 7th grade, I was about 5'2". So oh, so you really I, hit the spurt. I went from oh. a shooting guard to trying to be a center, and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Skyhook's not working. And you're also trying to figure out the rest of the things going on when you're that age. Oh, That's a, very yeah. true. That's going to affect your shot. Oh, yeah. It's going to affect more than your shot. <laughs> oh, man. So... It was funny because then we started following each other on social, uh, and I start seeing the people that follow Tony that are I'm friends with that only know him in a professional capacity. So it, it's been really cool to kind of see all of his audience be a lot of who my friends already are. So I really wanted to bring him on the show. Uh, so Tony, I could talk about you, but give a brief about overview for the people who may not know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I've been with 1070 The Fan for nearly nine years, and uh, it's one of those things that I, I kind of got lucky. I mean, I think a lot of people say that about their job, if they enjoy it. And I went to college and uh, ended up getting a part-time job through another familiar name you guys may know, Michael Grady, who used to be the PA Boys series with the Michael Nets now. Michael Grady. And uh, so he was, I was lucky enough to have him give me a chance on the weekends with uh, Bob Lovell and Indiana Sports Talk. And I grew up in northwest Indiana, so I would drive down on the weekends and either stay with a friend at Purdue or go and stay with my, my grandfather out of Crawfordsville. And that just kind of built up. And actually, the weekend that Butler played here in the Final Four in 2010 is when they moved me down full time. So that's when I moved down and got my own place. Um, and, you know, people always ask me, being from the region and, and outside mm -hmm. of Chicago, why I don't live or work in Chicago. Well, 
growing up, my my first passion was Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the 500. So that that allowed me to be a Pacer fan, knowing that hey, in May they're always doing updates about the Pacers and the playoffs. And mm -hmm. Reggie Miller was my favorite player, which is probably where I wanted to get my in the gym range. Let him fly. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so I've been doing it for a while, and I started with uh, Bob Lovell. He kept moving up, kept moving up, and then I became uh, the the, the full-time producer at The Fan, and that's kind of gelled into a co-host role with JMV. And like you said, we're on from 3 until 7, and uh, it's an interesting dynamic. He's a, he's 47. He's got two kids, married man. I'm 29, single, don't have any kids, but our target market is 25 to 54 male. So mm -hmm. you're you're one of the two. Right. So it's interesting. Spectrums, yeah. um, like you said, there's a lot of pop culture. It's, it's based around sports, but... We like to get personal. We like to feel like you're in your car listening to two of your buddies talking because, you know, if you're on 465, you're stuck in a traffic jam or you've had a bad day, you know, we want to provide laughs and something personal to maybe get your mind off the rest of, the, of your day. Um, so it, it's an interesting dynamic. And, and JMB and I, we don't hold back. You know, there's nothing that's, I guess, too personal. Um, so we have a really good time. And I think that that's, that's what makes our dynamic work in our time slot. You still keep up with Grady? Yeah, I do. Uh, Michael was, you know, was one of my first mentors. He went to Vincennes University, which is where I went. Um, and and you know, I always said this guy's gonna end up on Sports Center one day. He, he'll make it big. And uh, he he fell in love with I think Brooklyn and New York area yeah. over the last couple of years, and and got that job. And I mean, he's the right guy for it. I'm friends with him on Facebook, and when he got that new apartment, he went live and just mm -hmm. went through that that whole scene, and it was a beautiful apartment. But he's still doing his show, is he not? Yeah, so he'll do his show. Um, we have these devices that you can take, hook them up to the internet, and then it runs to our like our switchboard basically that has you know where you can run the commercials on. So he'll do that, and uh, that allows. I mean, we'll do shows for Bankers Live Fieldhouse when JMV's live here, or at Colts Complex, or the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So 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 Michael has one of those and uh, hooks up every morning, and then a good buddy of mine is his producer David Deering. So um, everybody kind of cool. knows everybody in there, and it's a small mm -hmm. tight group, and uh, we all just keep moving forward. Right. Well, we're talking about content. What has changed in the radio industry since you started? Yeah, it's a great question. So I was actually a journalism major in college. So I was newspaper. I wrote the sports page down at Vincennes, and, and I just kind of decided, I don't know how long my future is going to be in newspaper, print journalism. So I decided to take a stab at radio. I mean, I've always been able to talk to people. I've never met a stranger, and I've always loved to talk sports. So I thought, give it a go. What happens? Well, uh my stepmom works in radio. She's been in radio for a while as a salesperson. She kind of told me, be ready, be careful, because there's a lot of things that you're not going to realize. But um, it's ever-changing. You know, people think, I mean, we had an AM station. Now we're on both AM and FM, and we have a whole digital content that, you know, from Twitter to Facebook to our website, we have a writer on our website that writes Colts and Pacers. And it just, the more content you can put out there, the better. So we have, we do videos, um, and just ever-changing with what people not only in our target market, but also younger people that are coming out of college. I mean, that's more so they're in the videos and being able to watch something and have instant news right there at the palm of their hand, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. So we do a pretty good job of having uh, a presence on that and uh, being able to provide our content that we can take from their shows and then putting it into the podcast, mm -hmm. putting it on the videos, into maybe an article. Because, you know, with that kind of a target market range, there's people that wake up and like to have their news right there at the palm of their hands and they want to read it. They have people that want to watch a video. 
Um, so you're just kind of balancing out that target market. Let me ask you about analytics then. So if you're if you're back in the day when all there was was radio and newspaper, mm-hmm. and you had you had the show, and then maybe it got a little bit reflected depending on what you were talking about in the paper. Now you have all everything you just talked about. You got social mm-hmm. media. When you're talking about the success of your show, are you looking at the numbers of how many people listened, mm-hmm. or are you also checking out how many people are engaged? Maybe they don't listen to the entire show, but they watch the little snippets on social like do you guys care about that yeah no absolutely i mean and, it, and it's it's all about advertising dollars and and you can look at the ratings just from the radio and then you could take hey would you like to sponsor our podcast here's how many downloads that we get or listens that we get every week or hey here's how many followers you have on social media and here's how many impersonations that you can get on twitter or this is how many instagram followers you have so it's all about you know from a sales side monetizing that hmm. and we put that on there so that salespeople can go to say hey you know, JMB's got 50,000 Twitter followers. Tony D's got 10,000 followers. Together, you know, they have 60. We can sell that. So sure. um, like you said, I mean, it's it's monetizing a lot of that, but we do have like the analytics to be able to check that on, on almost a daily down to an hourly basis. So you're taking notes? I'm taking, yeah. Because this I am is now. something we talk yeah. about all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's great stuff. So you, you, you hit on Tony D. So here's something that I was curious about. How many people ask you a day what JMV actually stands for? Yeah, I think so. I don't. John is John to me because we're yep. friends outside of the show. But yeah, JMV gets asked that a lot. Um, it stands for John Michael Vincent, which was a nickname given to him by Mark Patrick. Hold up, is this like history in the making? No one knows what his name is, and all of a sudden, well, this is groundbreaking because I didn't know. I thought I found out even something furthermore is that is his. What's John Gilva? Uh, his last name, and I don't, he might get a little, I don't think he'll get mad, uh, but his last name is Gliva. Gliva, okay. Uh, and, 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 and in my generation, so to speak, going into radio, people have nicknames, right? but nobody that I've seen, at least my age range, has changed their last name. Um, but a lot of people, right. um, you know, that were in the nineties generation, I think, had, went by aliases. Right. Um, I know a lot of people that have been working Still in radio do. for 20 to 30 years. Yeah, going by Ashton an alias. Kutcher. So. I mean, there's so many people yep. that do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was curious because I, I saw it in an article. Yeah. Um, something else I saw was how often does he bring up beating Brad Stevens in a game of horse to you? Um, that's funny because um, <laughs> it's more so he likes to bring up how much he shoots when he plays basketball. Okay. And how he um will be ye- he'll yell and mm-hmm. he's yelling at himself, but people think that he's like incredibly upset when he's on the <laughs> basketball court. So um yeah, that's probably his claim to fame is be- beating Brad Stevens, but um you know, he him and I both share a passion for basketball. We love to play it, um as you guys know, mm-hmm. and we love to talk about it. So uh you know, we just I mean, we'll just talk outside of the show like, "Hey, how did right. you play last night?" You know, "Oh man, I played bad or I played really good." So um, him and I are in the same boat. Like I get angry when I walk out of the gym and I just play bad and yep. I can't wait to get back. You right. Know? Cause it's, you know, it's a release. I mean, yep. it's a release to get away from everything, go out and play some hoops. So I've always enjoyed that. I'll tell you what though, bas- the thing about basketball is there's a lot of sports that you cannot play when you get older. Mm-hmm. And some people are, are not able to play basketball, but I played at a couple open True. gyms where there's guys in their fifties and even sixties. Yep. And let me tell you, when you've been shooting the ball for 40 years, yep. you don't miss. It's yeah. incredible. They're, these guys are my heroes. You don't forget it overnight. No. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's one thing that they have that they can still do. So that's going to be their bread and butter. Who would win in a game between you and John and Horse? 
Um, Can you go on the record, or do you just want to leave that alone? It would be close. Would it? He's, so I, he's, he's a good shooter, then. Yeah, John and I used Very to play nice. together, and I okay. think he said on air one time that I took away all of his shots, so he stopped inviting <laughs> me. Um, so oh, it would be, it would be close. I would say that's if great. we did seven games of horse, it would, it would definitely go down to a game. Back seven. and forth? So, Tony D, would you ever go to just TD? Um, I was TD in high school a lot. Oh, so okay. A lot of people called me. Yep. And um, I've been called a lot of things. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I just, Tony D just kind of stuck. Uh, right. And I've always been cool with it. Never right. really thought twice about so it. So we need podcast nicknames. What is yours? Tay-Tay? Or Tay. Put a rest to that. He's like, put a re- do not start that. No, ha- I mean. All hashtag friends- Tay-Tay. So you could do that. But typically all my friends will just call me Tay. Yeah. I don't call you Tay. And I call him Rim. Yeah. We, we shorten it. You know, you abbreviate everything. Yeah. Is so, that my podcast name, Rim? I like that. It's kind of boring. Uh, I like it. We'll work on it. We'll have a new one by the end. Uh, yeah. I'll be, be over here working on that it, while it you guys talk. It needs to be one of those uh, wedding <laughs> hashtags where we combine the two. Yeah, That's right. what it needs to be. Okay, here Tay we go. Rim Let's Rim not Tay. answer Neither that. Neither one, one of our fans. Let's let our fans answer that on the yeah, next podcast. What should, we'll our, what, should our, what should our wedding, our, our, our wedding couple name, our co-host couple name. Because every wedding these days you have to have a hashtag. You have to. You have to be able to follow it on social. So you said that you've been called a lot of names. I want to know, do you know JMV has a hashtag and it is JMV sucks. And it is estimated to originate it. in 1969. Really? 1969. Can you give us a backstory? How does a hashtag mm-hmm. originate in 1969? I'm just going by the Twitter profile, which is great. That's when he was born. So he's been so it must Got be since it. birth. Yep. Um it's 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 an interesting story. And people call in and they're not always gonna agree with you. It actually happens all the time, but the way John and I look at it is it makes for good conversation because what you may believe in is not what I believe in. And, you know, that could be on any topic, whether it's mm-hmm. Pacers, Colts, life in general. Um, so a couple years back, I would say 2012, somebody called in and was like, JMV, you suck. JMV sucks. And this guy kept calling over and over and over. And he would just, he would, he would call me and I would answer the phone. Hey, you want to go on with John? He would give me a fake name. And then as soon as John said, <laughs> hey, you know, hey, Jim, welcome to the show. JMV sucks. <laughs> You know, at first I was like, all right, this guy's really irritating. And I'm like, you know what? This is funny. Let's let's run with this and brace it. And so he kept calling and calling and calling. And John's like, well, let's just take off with it, see where it goes. Wow. Well, it really took off here at Bankers Life Fieldhouse for a WWE event. You know, like when you're watching a wrestling and people have their signs in the crowd. Well, John was like, hey, if you have a JMV suck sign in the crowd, this is awesome. We'll let you come in studio, hang out with us. So like three or four people did it. That's great. And then it became people were trying to bring those signs in and security wouldn't let them <laughs> because, it, you know, it's a JMV sucks. So people would come in and like have a Sharpie and then make the sign inside. Mm-hmm. And then we started huh. making shirts on it. And like you said, I mean, in, in the age we are today where everybody has to have a hashtag and be able to follow something and keep up, it kind of took off from there. And uh, it, it's it's on T-shirts, it's on mugs. We've got it on. Would you uh, say that's your strongest mugs. brand from the show? Uh, I mean, it probably is. You know, <laughs> wow. I mean, people know uh. that, and and now and now it's kind of turned in from something where you think somebody's ripping you or making fun of you. So it's kind of a compliment. Hey, JMV sucks. Yeah. Like, you know, some people will will finish that by saying like, you really don't. But then like, we just think it as a compliment anymore because because it means you know, you're listening. I mean, it's like you see the commercial now where people are like dilly dilly. Well, it's just kind of yeah, it's part of the brand. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So you uh, you've owned this. Yeah. 
how do you guys handle negative feedback that's maybe a little bit more serious than just the JMV sucks? And you can tell that they're, they actually really disagree with you, and no matter yeah. what you say, their opinion is, is fact. Well, I, in the maturity that I've grown, I guess, over the last couple of years, I used to get upset, and like it would really irritate me. And then you know, JMV being in the industry as long as he said, hey, man, just think about this. They're interacting with you. They're listening. Mm-hmm. They're listening to us. It doesn't matter if they agree or disagree. They're still listening. So we know that we're doing something right if they're still listening and they take the time out of their day to tweet us. Um, now, sometimes with like breaking news type stuff, mm-hmm. people, I mean, I got a call and was the person who broke the Brad Stevens to the Celtics news. And you kind of can't believe everything you hear because you can just get somebody that calls in and says, hey, this is happening. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. And the difference between like print journalism and radio is if somebody tells me that I trust, I can go with it. But, you know, with all the guidelines of mm-hmm. posting when it comes to newspapers or journalism, you have to have three different sources. So we can run with something. And being on the radio, being live at that point, and being on Twitter, what's up to date, you know, it kind of took off. And, I mean, we've seen stuff from the last couple of months with Andrew Luck that even I've tweeted out or JMV has had. And people are not going to believe you because a lot of times <laughs> – Maybe what you're telling them is not something that they want to believe because right. it's negative towards a brand or a team that they support, mm-hmm. um, or they just disagree. And you know, you just got to be able to go with your opinion and stick by it, and know that there are always going to be people that agree, and there are always going to be people that disagree. But I, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a producer and I co-host with John, so I'm paid to give my opinion and mm-hmm. how I feel on things. And sometimes J and V and I disagree. Right, he looks at things different than I do. And, um, you know, you just kind of have that, but it makes, at the end of the day, people are listening. It makes for good conversation. And as long as they continue to tune in to maybe see, cause I don't mind seeing somebody else's angle or how they right. live their life. It just, I feel like that's how you grow. And that's yep. how you have a show that people want to listen to because it's not just one opinion. And if you're wrong on that opinion, I'm not going back. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you how you're wrong. So, right. um, it just kind of makes for good discussion. Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of hit it on thick skin. Mm-hmm. You, you you definitely need that for our viewers or listeners that, you know, they they're scared to put out their own mm-hmm. content. So part of it is you're paid to put out your opinion. If you didn't do that, you would not be doing your job yep. for them, for, say, an entrepreneur or someone who really wants to start trying something on the side. But they're just scared because they're debilitated by other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. What would your advice be? Because it sounds like it takes experience. Yeah. But what's the best advice you could give them on? not being scared to put out their own content and getting negative feedback. Like as, 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 as I guess, I don't want to maybe lame up the word as it sounds. I just look at things like, Hey, what matters to me in my life is my job, my family, my friends. And as long as I don't do something that's going to make my friends not like, just, you know, you got to go with it. And I kind of look at it as, I mean, if you told me nine years ago, I'd be here doing what I'm doing. I would have, you know, there was so much I didn't know, but like, you just got to take risk. I mean, that's what life's about is learning and getting that experience. And if I would have never just made that cold call to Michael Grady to try to get a job, I wouldn't be sitting here. Who knows what I would be doing? Maybe back at home in the steel mills, which is a good life for some people, but that's not for me. So I just think, you know, if you have that passion to do something and you want to do it, who's to tell you no? So just go out and do it. You're going to, I mean, you're going to fail. People are going to be upset about some things you do, but you just learn and move forward. And I always say, I'm still going to go to bed tonight. So mm-hmm. um, that's just kind of the way I look at a lot of things. Hey, I got a question real quick before we run out of time. You mentioned, you know, cold calling Grady and, and some of the first steps. There's tens of thousands of kids in college that are getting out or even people in their 20s that are trying to reach where you're at. Yep. What was the X factor? How did you get to where you're at in the 10,000 
plus other people didn't. It's funny you bring up Michael Grady. Um, he always he told me from day one, say yes as many times as you can. Hmm. So there were nights where I would stay. You know, I he saw that I was giving up my early twenties to work on a radio show as my first gig from nine until midnight on Friday and Saturday nights when most kids want to go out and and party or do whatever. And I was taking shifts Sunday afternoons that I really didn't want to do, but I thought, okay, the more and more I do is the more and more that I'm going to learn. And Michael Grady, who was my boss at the time, um, you know, w w in his brain, oh, well, Tony did this. Let's let's give him this opportunity. And I think just knowing that I was always willing and able to do anything that they pretty much asked me to do, you know, so you, you got to have a good work ethic. And then, you know, like you said, there's I, I have a natural ability, I think, to be able to talk. And I've never met a stranger and be able to sit in front of a microphone and talk to what I think might just be the three of us. But, you know, thousands of people could listen right. to this or JMV and I knowing that it's just him and I talking in a studio. But there's a lot of cars around 465 or driving home or people. I mean, we've got fans all over that listen from Minnesota to Seattle um, that listen online. So it made us in my brain. It's just John and I talking, having a good time. But really, I mean, there's tens of thousands of people listening right. um, on a weekly, daily basis. Just so you know, the, this is the most popular podcast in this room. I mean... The you three know of, he has his own podcast. The three of us <laughs> listen to As Indy Grows more than anybody I, I've ever I seen. Tony D has to us. <laughs> I think Tony D has us on his podcast. You need to listen to him. They're very interesting. Yeah, give us give us give us the the rundown of that. Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter at Tony D1070, and I have a Facebook page and um, podcast at 1070thefan.com. You'll see Tony D's blog. Um, I do a lot of like IndyCar because that's kind of what I'm passionate about. I kind of what I have an in with, but I, you mm -hmm. know. In the wintertime, I like to talk a lot of Pacers, Colts, give my opinion. And uh, like you said, it's a personal thing, so I like to talk about, like, I'll do one about Gosh, how... you get paid to do that. I know. I get told to stop. <laughs> we get told to stop. You get yeah. paid to keep going. It's amazing. Yeah, I just, it's nice. I like to do sports, but tie it in to, like, um, just my lifestyle, you know? Like, hey, it's Valentine's Day. I'm single. What am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to probably go play basketball or <laughs> stop at the White Castle and get a six-pack of sliders <laughs> and a Coke, you know? So um, I like to, like, add my personal life because I have learned that um, my friends, people like to live vicariously through me sometimes because mm -hmm. I get to do a lot of cool things and I'm, it's an awesome, fortunate opportunity. Do we have time for a question of the day, Brittany? Awesome. So this is something uh, where we allow you to ask our audience, which is also going to be some of your audience mm -hmm. when the show is released, uh, a question of the day. It could be something about a, spe a specific team it could be mm -hmm. something on a macro level that you just really want to know in general what's a challenge yeah what's, what's the first app you open up when you wake up in the morning because mm. mine is twitter some people might be instagram some people might want the news could be yep. espn so what's the first app when you wake up in the morning because i think everybody probably sleeps with their phone within a foot from them yep mm -hmm. that is so true. mine's under my pillow sometimes yeah you just let it sink in osmosis yeah. Just yeah well, I have learned this is a true story. It's really weird. I'll keep it short. When I sleep with like my phone, like on my bed, I'll have like these dreams, and I'll wake up, and that person in my dream, it's like their birthday on They're Facebook, yeah. or they tweeted me that morning. <laughs> it's uh, because really Facebook has an algorithm that's tapped into your dreams. They, they, I, think they, I think they listen team. to you. It is listening. I think they listen to you because I'll like be sitting there like, oh, let's get Pizza Hut tonight. And no like, question, they do. Two, yep. minute, two minutes later, I'm scrolling Pizza through. No question, they do. Ad, so, yep. There's a feature oh, yeah. for sure that yep. says that oh, my, your microphone your can microphone. be used yeah, if the Facebook is. app is open. Yep. So you'll see the next day that you'll have ads. It's, yep. it's creepy and uh, useful all at the same time, yes, actually. It is. Well, Indeed. Tony, thank you so much for coming on yeah, the show. Thanks for thank you, me. Remy. Another You're welcome, Taylor. Episode. Thank yep. you, Brittany, and our producer or Tay. 
or ta- whatever you want. There's I really like don't some care. maybe the next episode. There's some like vendetta down there that. about the about Tay Tay. Like something. I don't know what it is yet. Oh, That's the thing. It seems I really like something happened know. a long time ago yeah, where you recalled that and you weren't a fan of it. Must have been because I don't know where <laughs> you would have got rooted. it. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, GVC Mortgage. Thank you to all our viewers and listeners. I am at RimRam4, and you are what? I'm at Taylor J Hall on almost every social. media I started platform. following you. Did you notice that? You've been following me for a while. I know, but I was I was We're trying good. not to, but I did. Yeah, he gave in. You know, yeah. when you put out good content, people are gonna you, yeah. follow. People follow. Along. Thank you, Tony D. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Awesome. Boom goes yeah. the dynamite. As Indie Grows is sponsored by GVC Mortgage Inc. NMLS number two three three four. Equal housing opportunity.